in this episode. You know, people have levels to them. People have different levels of their shields and what some stuff they're very protective about. And, and some people are very won't let you in at all. And when you kind of feel like you're not even letting me in, like, well, you don't really care that much about me. And if you don't really care that much about me, well, you know, I'm not going to care much about you either. Those things about talking about your, your, your failures and, you know, talking about your wins and talking about stuff that's really hard for you and, you know, anything that you can bring into that situation. And, and again, like a lot of times you see colleges and pro programs, you know, have all that stuff in meeting rooms and they, they, they want to bring that out. It's not to expose anyone. It's to make other people know that you're going through the same struggles that they are. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of The Closing Pitch. My name is Spiker Helms, and this is a show about people, culture, and how to create a winning lifestyle. Dave, we're going to do another game. You ready for this? (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I say a word, and then you say a word back has to be relevant to that thing but you cannot repeat what i said so if i say apple you can't say apple if i say apple you can say peach exactly and then once you say peach then i have to come back and then we just go back and forth are you ready sure this is probably a game you're gonna win at baseball soccer football basketball lebron james steve kerr duke unc Oh, man, you beat me. <laughs> so, I was just saying the closest thing that I knew to him. So this game is something that we used to play in the dugout all the time. Okay. And what was really intriguing was the person that started this game, and I continued it on in the other dugouts that I was in, because you play in multiple teams. When yeah, you're and you're always looking at downtime. And yeah, you have downtime, yeah. and, and you probably can think about in bullpen. A million you, bullpen oh weird things. Dude. Like the, the band game, we played the band game yeah, where yeah. you say a band, and then you have to you have to say a band in a matter of five seconds or you lose, right? Yeah. Um, or Black Magic, you play Black Magic? Oh, yeah. Yeah, so, so a lot of weird stuff to keep your mind in the game. and 100%. So like game... But what's funny about that is the person that starts that is usually like I was never the person that started that. Like I got introduced to this. I was not the creative one that came up with it. Mm -hmm. The guys that did that, they were really good at bonding people together and they made the team cohesive Mm -hmm. and coaches do that the same way. Um, in certain aspects, it's more through pain than yeah. through games. <laughs> like they make the six a.m. running boys and, better figure out how to be friends, and they make you hate life. And then you they bring you together this, by hating him. I know you're all in this together, and you're like, screw that guy. <laughs> like I, I remember uh, Coach Gutton. He, we were, we were. I was almost late for weightlifting one morning, my junior year, and. I got there right on time, but the freshmen forgot and they, they didn't get through the alarm. So like they showed up like 10 minutes after that we started. So coach Gutton was there and he was just standing there and the freshmen walk in they're like, Oh, 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 Oh God. Oh God. And coach Gutton just like, didn't even look at him, just st- stood and stared at the rest of the team just looking like this while we're working out and the freshmen are like you can see and they're all scattering and everything like that and it was two of them and they like kind of like side-eyeing g to see if like he's going to recognize them and then our 
weightlifting instructor Terry's like, boys over here, your squat racks over here. They go through the whole workout and they think like, Oh, it's totally cool. We're totally fine. Like she didn't say anything. No one said anything. Like everyone's just quiet. And we get back after the workout after we just did some stadium stairs, which absolutely stuck. And we have a team meeting and Terry finishes up the conversation. <clears throat> Good job doing this, 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 and this, and everyone's dead silent. And then coach Gutton, like he's, he's tiny. He's like five foot, mm-hmm. five foot eight. Mm-hmm. And he just slowly walks through the crowd and gets to the front and he's like, good job boys. And then you see the freshmen are just like, oh, thank God. We're not going to get in trouble. Goes through the whole speech. He's like, all right, bears on three. And then they go one, two, three bears. And then coach Gunn goes, oh yeah, by the way, Connor and Trey, after practice today, you're going to meet me at the football field. And we're, um, we're going to talk about what happened this morning. So they show up to the field and everyone's like freaking out about like what's going to happen to these guys. G had them run and G goes, I'm going to go up to my office, which is like, it was like right down the street. Um, not down the street, but like, it was like maybe a football field yeah. the way. Yeah. He's like, I'll be back down when and you can stop when I come back down. So these guys are running and running and running and running. And then finally the, like the, the stadium lights come on because at Missouri State allows students to come onto that field and play. They're still running while like recreational sports are going on. And finally they kind of like called G and he goes, are you still at your office? And he goes, Oh no. Are you still running? (laughs) They were (laughs) running this whole time for like three hours, just running around. But what happened was is like those guys started understanding that they're not an outlier. They're right. not the people right. that are cherished. Like, yeah, you were cherished in <clears throat> high school. You were right. the you were the big dog. You're going to big D one. You're going to Missouri State. You're gonna make everyone proud. You're gonna fight for a starting position. And then you get to Missouri State and then you show up late and you don't get the royal treatment and right. you just had to run for three hours it made them understand that this is not about them. This is about the, the team. team. Yep. And if you <clears throat> lack in getting there on time, you are, you you're are, you are yeah, you're disrespecting <clears throat> the team. You're disrespecting your captains. You're disrespecting the coaching staff. Yep. <clears throat> so you need to, you need to fall in line. So like, that's what I want to talk about today is like the, the power of team bonding and how team bonding can be in different formats. It's not the whole like, let's go get them charged. Yeah, it, it can be. Um, and it's not like birthday parties. Like yeah. I, I, my dad would always say like the thing that he didn't like about corporate America is the damn birthday parties. <laughs> that you always have, And like, there's always a damn cake. Yeah. Like you're like, Oh, happy birthday. <clears throat> and like the office really, the show, the office really like encapsulates that. Mm-hmm. But it, it's more of being like the leader has to be super creative. And one company that I'm just so um, enamored with, there's actually two of them, is ClickFunnels and um, FirstForm. Uh, both of them have really cool cultures from the outside mm-hmm. perspective. They have, really, they have two really cool leaders. And they do team bonding in a very unique format to where they consider their customers and their employees all one big family. Mm -hmm. And they do these mega, what would you say, mega events and to to get people to be 
like understand like, Hey, we're all in this together. We're all going to go attack a hill. Like, yeah, we offer products and services, but again, like this is more than just the products and services that we offer. We (laughs) want to change lives. We want to change people. Right. And from a team's perspective, that's the same thing that you can provide at a micro level with your team is like, I'm, I'm in it for the long run. I'm not in it for like one and dones. Like we're going to have one tournament and then this is going to be all over. Like even our national team, we're Mm. big on that. That's one thing that I like about our national team program is that we are big in that. It's just tigers that apply and tigers that go down there because it's not just one weekend. It's for the rest of your career. Mm -hmm. Like we're here for you to attack the goal that you want to attack. Is it for you to play college baseball? Great. So you play major league baseball. Fantastic. If it's you just having a really good job and trying to provide for a family, we are all in that for you. So I wanted to talk talk about team bonding, how you can, how you can incorporate it, how to avoid those boring birthday parties and (laughs) um, actually come up with actionable advice that you can pull off this, this summer and then bring it into your, when you re re come back for reconvene um, for the fall and try to kick that off and then start with um, going into winter and then into the next spring. So first off that I want to bring up is that you are invested in the person and Jason Tedesco in our podcast episode with Jillian, his wife, he really talked about like this winter he was going to his players, other sporting. Yeah. It's not his kids. Right. It's it's his players. Like he's taking time out of his day to go to an event that is nothing to deal with the Tigers at all. Mm-hmm. He might be wearing his Tigers gear, but like even that, just like showing up to like a basketball game, a hockey game, that you have no idea how big of an impact that is. And like you won't hear that from the player. The player might not like say anything, he might say like, Oh, thank you so much and everything like that. But like ten years down the road, they're like, Man, Coach Desco was like, he was there. Yep. He was at that game. Showing that you care. Yeah. And like that game couldn't, it, it might not be significant of like a, like a rivalry or like you've had an awesome day, but the, that day will stick out because your other coach showed up and he cared and he knows that like, Hey, he's in this for the long term. Well, it's, it's like those little things like that, or, or just going the extra mile or taking the time out of a day for a phone call and, and just, all those little things add up and, and build the trust factor that then makes the team bond that much stronger, right? A really good, strong a, – a, a team that looks as connected as possible is a team that cares for every single person, not just the all-stars on the team, but the guys who are struggling for playing time. Everybody has their role, and it all works cohesively. And they all care, and they all go the extra mile for you. And the coaching staff will do the same for the players, and the players will then in turn understand the coaching staff's role and do that for them. That's when you kind of find, you know, those that championship pedigree team that all. I mean, everything's firing, and when you go up against those guys, it's it's an uphill battle. And we and we talk about like in season, like going out to team dinners and stuff like <clears> that. Like, yeah, those are must. Like, you got you have to do that. But um, think more creatively outside of that. Where are you just meeting at the field and then that's when you guys are a team or Mm -hmm. are you meeting outside of the field where you come up with these really cool ideas? Um, One example is one coach that used uh, that did something that was really cool was um, he took us all paintballing. Like, Mm. yeah, that's really expensive. But like we all went paintballing Mm -hmm. and because he he thought that that cost that he was going to incur was more valuable than 
what of not doing it. <clears throat> like it, it was better for them to experience this activity together. And it doesn't have to be that. It could be like can jam. It could be um, flag, uh, not flag football, but like um, capture the flag, mm-hmm. that type of stuff. Stuff that gets you going, that gets the get things outside of the box. You can even do that at practice. Is like doing games that are outside of the norm because kids want to be kids. They don't want to be um, these robots. They want to actually find a connection. And the games, that, the game that we I displayed. Um, when we started this episode, that's a game of team bonding. <clears throat> it really is because I start realizing where where Dave's mind's going and mm-hmm. where he's realizing where my mind's going. Like mm-hmm. we didn't play the full extent where we were going into different categories <laughs> and stuff like that. I just wanted to give you guys a taste of what it actually is because now we're connecting at a different <clears throat> level. Even sharing stories like this podcast. Like when we share stories, that's us bonding with you guys mm-hmm. and like really showing you like, hey, I'm an open book. Yep. This is this is this is my life. This is what I've experienced. Here are my embarrassing stories. Here are the stories that I've had su- that I've had a lot of success at. And then here's everything in between. As a coach, you being able to do the same thing for your players really really puts it in perspective for them is like, man, this guy's just like me. This guy's and it he was in it like I was. You know what I'm kind of thinking of? So, I don't know if the listeners are familiar with this, but for a lot of the Division One baseball teams in the fall, you'll see kind of a hashtag Omaha Challenge um, on their social media handles. And they're referring to, you know, the goal of every Division One program is to get to Omaha. That's where the top eight, the last eight teams are battling to see who's the national championship or champion. Well, this Omaha Challenge, I don't know who the first person to do it was. But now a lot of programs are kind of stealing each other's ideas because it really works. They In the fall seasons, um, this isn't when college baseball teams play. They play their season in the spring, but they do a lot of practicing. They might get to play another university or two for a couple games. They do a lot of inter-squads. They do their college fall world series. But now they've introduced at the start of the fall this Omaha Challenge. And some do it for 14 days. Some do it for 21 days. Whatever. They have a number, number that they go by. But a lot of it has absolutely nothing to do with baseball. It's the, you see Vanderbilt at its football field doing crazy army workouts. And a lot of times they'll bring in like Navy SEALs to take them through like a a day in the life. Or you're seeing them do these um, problem solving type of deals where they have to work together and they put them in different groups with different personalities and you're going to have to learn how to communicate properly with each other. And there's all kinds of different things and and creative ways that now these coaches are coming up with before the season even starts of trying to build those, that long lasting connection, those memories that, dude, you remember when we did this, you remember like, guys, we got through this, this part of the season is nothing like you're trying to build up, that type of um, that type of strength, so that when you get to the season, you're, you're cohesive. But I don't know. Do you remember like some of the different challenges that you've seen out there in the in the Omaha stuff? No, but I, I do remember like junior college. We'd have championship Wednesdays. Yeah, and that was the day that we'd had all the hills. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And it was a small hill, not big, but we had a snake up and down the hill. Yeah. And we had a certain amount of t- um, amount of reps that we had, and then we had to like 
um, make sure that everyone got in the amount of that time. <clears throat> so um, I was always one of the first ones. I, I just I'm addicted to running, so like it was not really fair for the other guys. Mm-hmm. But like I love running. That's just in my nature. I don't know why. Maybe my ancestor was some <laughs> Zimbabwean, a runner that ran in between villages. You're or something. pretty good at it. So, but anyways, like. I would get done and then I would actually try to get next to the other guys and like try to get them going yep. and try to try to push them along yep. and I would do extra reps to make sure that they got, they got there. And what happened was that more of those guys that once those guys finished, they did the same exact yep. thing. So like, Hey, I'm doing more reps to make sure that you get across that line right. in time because I care that you make it across that line. Yep. Right. So I do remember that when I played, but I, we, I don't like the Omaha challenges out there. Um, they're great. I, I just wouldn't duplicate. No, what you but, see, I, but, but I, like coming up with something similar. Yeah. A challenge is something that's going to establish some team chemistry right off the bat. Like for example, your, your, um, Wednesday, what is it called? Championship Wednesdays. You know, we would do the first week of every fall. So we get school starts on, let's just say September 1st and we get there three days before it or whatever for our first meeting. And we were told when I was at my division two school that you are showing up at the football track at 6 AM the first day of school. And we will not touch a baseball until as a team, every single one of you runs under a like six, 20 mile pace holy cow or 630 or something like no that. way it was pretty it was pretty quick and like i'm a bigger guy and i was a decent runner that's not fair to the big guys oh it was terrible but i would make it but like every and now i didn't know it going in my first year because i transferred from a junior college so that was kind of a ruthless first couple days but if even one person misses it you're showing up tuesday and if you don't all make it tuesday you're showing up wednesday if you don't make it up then it keeps going on and so the first day we, and then you'd also have other conditioning or workouts and lifting after that, that was just the, you want to get out of showing up in mornings and actually start playing baseball. You got to do this as a team. So what was interesting was every year, some freshman showed up just horribly out of shape because he had no idea. He's not really pushed in high school. He's not pushed in anything. Mm-hmm. It's like going there to play baseball, not run track. And so you know, you see these freshmen's eyes open up and they're like that, oh, crap moment. Like, oh, shit, yeah. And, like, we'd be able to tell based on, like, their worst times how many days we're showing up because it's like they're going to go through a real sore phase and then maybe, like, three days later we're going to be able to get that time down a little bit. And, like, one year some dude came in ran, like, an 820. And we're like, oh, no. <laughs> Dude, we're, we're gonna so be here screwed. for three weeks. We're so screwed. <laughs> and like, we're gonna be running miles even during the season. Oh, and like all of our really fast guys who could run that in their sleep. Like, man, the next I think we it was like seven days in a row we had to show up to get this kid under six thirty. And but what would happen was all these older guys would now be invested in this kid and some of the other freshmen who were struggling, or some of the guys that just weren't out in shape. And they were running with them and they were pushing them mentally. And they were, yeah, they could have ran ahead of the whole team, got done at 550 and bitch and moan that you guys are all out of shape and this sucks and you're making me show up early and not get sleep. Instead, what they would do as good teammates and bond, they'd start pushing those guys. And maybe they didn't make it the next day, but they shaved 30 seconds off and they're like, let's go. That's better. 
next day we're going to do this. We're going to do that. And then they kept, they kept building it. And then those kids felt like, well, I mean, it was like slapping your face right off the bat first college experience, but now all of a sudden they felt invested and they felt like, you know, their teammates are behind them. And then what, you know, ultimately too, it kind of showed that the people that don't want to be there, don't want to be there. Um, I think the only way you can get team bonding is through investment, which yeah. is time and pain and, yep. um, actually getting to know somebody, right. Yep. Where a lot of those trigger words, like you've got to invest in your teammates right. and you've got to, um, bond synergy, like those, those surface area BS words, marketing words, um, don't really fit. The only time, the only way that you can really connect with somebody is actually showing that you're going to deliver that time mm -hmm. And to them, mm -hmm. like you're going, like you guys are listening to this podcast. Like I'm beholden to you guys. You guys are investing your time to listen to me. So like when someone writes me an email or gives me a phone call, like I'm going to spend time with you. You've, sure. you've spent hours upon hours listening, listening. to me and yep. listening, listening to Dave's voice. Like that, that's huge for us. Right. So mm -hmm. like there, there's a connection there and it's the same thing when it comes to uh, coaches and, and teammates where Players can read through the BS. They can read mm -hmm. through a coach that not really invested. Like they're just there. Like I'll see you guys at the field. Yep. Um, instead of doing the bare minimum. Yeah. Like they're doing the bare minimum and everything like that, where um, players, same thing. Like they know who the captains are. The captains are the ones that are spending time with each guy. Well, more times than not, the coach doesn't have to put the C on your chest, if you will. No. Like I, I remember um, at Missouri State. I was a junior college guy coming in my junior year and um, we were voting on captains and I, I voted for my guys. And then um, one of the a couple of guys came up to me and they're like, Hey, I voted for you. And I was like, what are you talking about? It's like, I voted for you. I was like, what do you mean you voted for me? Like, I don't deserve this. I haven't been with you guys. I'm like, I'm not invested. Right. Like I'm, I'm a new guy. I'm the newbie. Yeah. Right. But what the thing was is that I learned in junior college from my coach and from the leadership at my junior college, those captains spent a lot of time with me mm -hmm. and they spent a lot of time with my other teammates. And so I just carried the same philosophy down to Missouri state and it almost triggered me to get the, the C on my chest. Right. So it, it's not like you're going out and searching to be captain you're just trying to be a good person. You're right. trying to invest into that, into that individual. And so when that thing triggered in my head, I was like, you know what? That's, that's so true. Like I need to, I need to keep doing what I'm doing. And ultimately my senior year, I got, I got the C on my chest. I wasn't like, I wasn't like super proud about it. Like it wasn't like I was like, Oh, I'm the captain. Right. It was more of like, Oh, okay, cool. Like let's go attack this thing together yeah. now. Right. So, when you think about team bonding as a player or as a coach, you just have to invest in the time. You have to be willing to learn about that person's story, play little games, um, and try to figure out like what makes that person tick. Because every everyone is so different. Like even in the Tigers staff, we are so different, mm -hmm. but we're able to take all of our um, talents and our flaws and put it together and have this awesome production of a club, right? And, and really serve people out there. So 
the same thing could happen with a team is like you have all of these people that are talented um, and they have their flaws. How can you take this, this group of people and do something super special? Now that doesn't mean just winning ball games. That means actually making connections and doing really cool stuff um, inside the community and yeah. inside of your own team. Yeah. That's, and that's, what's really neat when you see a when you see a team that's, that's really got this thing down, they impact so much more than just themselves. They impact, like you said, the community around them. They, they, they infectiously bring in other people to what they're doing. And the fans and the parents and the families of those players, they, they become more invested in it because they know they're watching a product of people that are all working together. You know, I mean, think about – here's another example. Think about that um, – was it um, – not Minnesota, but you remember the row the boat thing? Yeah. The football team and uh, the coach is at Minnesota, but he was at like Central Michigan before, right? Mm-hmm. And he captivated an entire country with the saying row the boat and the way that he, he would impact his players and the way that they were all rowing the boat in the same direction. And, I mean, it, it just became something that, like, you never hear about the University of Central Michigan, but now you do. Now you're hearing about their football team and you're hearing about not they, yeah, they were having a good year, but you're hearing about the messaging that they're providing and the inspiration that they're talking about. And you're watching a team that has no business beating some of the teams they're beating and they were doing it. And it's a lot of that is attributed to the bonding that they felt and the way that they cared about their teammates on the field. And, all, you know, believe it or not, that stuff that kind of uh, catapults you forward. All of a sudden you play a little bit better than you should be and, you're more focused in there and you're, you know, we say it all the time. You're, you're invested in your buddies and your, their successes are your successes and their failures are your failures. And you feel extremely bad when they fail and vice versa. And then when they win, you are all in on that and you're, you're there for their win. And that is something where when that type of a situation gets created, um, it's a, it is a very, very hard thing to slow down if you're an opponent of them. Would you say that, you fight harder for the people that you actually know more about a hundred percent. And yeah, I'm going to go even more. Do you find that you fight for that person? If you know their story, if they are able to tell their stories and deliver that and being able to share like their, well, their part of their life. Yeah. Because it's like bringing down a part of their shield, right? They're becoming a little bit more, um, they're allowing you in. Right. And whenever they allow you in, you know, the vulnerability is what mm-hmm. I'm looking at. Um, yeah, a hundred percent because, you know, people have levels to them. People have different levels of their shields and what some stuff they're very protective about. And, and some people are very, won't let you in at all. And when you kind of feel like you're not even letting me in, like, well, you don't really care that much about me. And if you don't really care that much about me, well, you know, I'm not going to care much about you either. And that's unfortunately how people feel sometimes. So, you know, those things about talking about your, your, your failures and, you know, talking about your wins and talking about stuff that's really hard for you and, you know, anything that you can bring into that situation. And, and again, like a lot of times you see colleges and pro programs, you know, have all that stuff in meeting rooms and they, they, they want to bring that out. And it's not to expose anyone. It's to make other people know that you're going through the same struggles that they are. And this is, you know, that's not an easy path and sports for sure is not an easy path. Well, they share stories of transformation. They don't share, they don't share just 
antidotes. Right. They they have antidotes inside their stories, but they always have a transformation. Whether that transformation is positive or negative, they always share that yeah. with them. And the the players can start relating. They might not have experienced that same story, yeah. but they can now understand that person a little bit right. better. Right. Which again, we're all human and there's things that um I'm gonna be able to connect with that's like, oh shit, like it'll trigger a prompt in my head and be like, oh shit, I that's that happened to me. Yep. Like somewhat similar, but not the same. But like I'm dealing with those same relationships. Yep. I'm dealing with those same friendships. I'm dealing with the with the same enemies. I'm dealing with the same girlfriends or boyfriends, whatever yeah. whatever the case may be. Yep. And now you know how to actually um handle like, oh, this is what a coach went through. It's it's normal. Where like I think I think it, we, the issues with a lot of players is that they think that they're alone. They're alone on it, mm-hmm. right? And that's when they start getting in their heads and they start performing poorly. Is that they think that they're all alone and they're on an island on by themselves? They're like, man, how did this guy figure this out? Like, why why is he and why is the coach in this position? Like, he had to go through some type of stuff like mm-hmm. like me, or or am I just an outlier and I'm 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 not very good? And then it starts death spiraling, yeah. right? Where I think if you share your scars and you share your um, your wins, like it really helps the player cope with like failure and really help understand how to handle success. And then like the, the team just starts slowly but surely bonding together so close that they're going to have these friendships forever. And they're always going to point to like, yep, that was the coach that he really put us together. Like if coach Culberson, my junior college coach called me up today and he was like, Hey, we're going to do an alumni thing. Um, and there's no Longview Community College just doesn't exist anymore. The baseball yeah. program doesn't exist anymore. But if he had like this thing, like, hey, I'm I'm doing this fundraiser, but I'd like all my alumni players to come back. Like, bro, I would be finding okay, what what hotel room do I need to get? Yeah. Um, Shawnee, do you want to go? Do you want to bring yep. Era? Yeah. We're we're gonna go up there because like I have to be there for this sure. guy. Sure. Right. So like that's the type of stuff that when you have a good team bond, that thing lasts forever. It's it's literally concrete. Yeah, we we talk about a simple thing called the nine versus one mentality, because yeah, on a baseball field there's nine there's nine players defending mm-hmm. right, and there's one hitter on the opposing team, and what happens so often, and this is, this is where team bonding and chemistry comes into into play, and mm-hmm. knowing players have each other's backs at all times. A lot of times pitchers feel like they're on an island because it just looks like from the perspective of them versus the batter, right? Well, if we can get the rest of the team invested in on you, and it, I would say it starts with a catcher. If the catcher is communicative and they have a trust and a bond, well, now we've got two versus one. Well, I like those odds better than the one versus one. And then if I got a whole infield that's behind me, that's talking to me, picking me up when I need them, vice versa, they make a mistake, I pick them up when I need them, and we have that trust factor built up. Well, now I just added four. I got a six versus one mentality. That's a little better. I like those odds a lot more. And then, vice, and then you add in the outfielders, and you get this whole team going against one dude. Well, that nine versus one is, is the odds I like to play with. And that only, again, starts with the, with the care, the trust, the knowing that they've been through the struggles before, the talking about it, the going through tough times, the coming out of that. And getting into positive times, I mean, that's that's how you build that. And and this stuff is not something that you just put on a shirt and then hand it out to players right. and be like, all right, this is this is what we're doing, ten verse one, right, or yeah. nine verse one. Um, like Coach Culbertson, he had a whole story behind the T-shirt sure. that he gave us. Sure, uh, he had a, a warrior Japanese symbol um, on the front of our chest, and then he had um, bells on the back. And so when we got these shirts, he he said, you have to earn these shirts, and he explained the story. 
and the story was very profound on what what symbolized that and brought the team together and he, he kept that same theme going forward so when we got those shirts it wasn't like we just wore them to wear, wear them and like we have a reminder there was something tangible behind that there was something that that he experienced that is now our experience because he told us that mm-hmm. and we wanted we want to make sure that we fight as a team mm-hmm. to go out there and attack the, the opponent where a lot of guys like you see a lot of high schools do this they like put like these words on the back of their mm-hmm. shirt and it doesn't mean anything right and they it, it falls it falls flat instead of spending the money on the shirt have a story behind that that really signifies what the theme is for that team and now you have a bonding moment there and now you're actually going in and attacking attacking together yeah it just means more at that point right oh, 100%. you're creating the you're creating that <clears throat> that um what am i looking for you're creating the substance behind it or it's, it's it. the glue the glue it's that it's that it's that thing that falls inside that cracks that really puts everyone together where no one can really break away if they really wanted to. So, and then the pieces that don't connect, they just won't connect. Like the, there'll be some players that fall to the wayside. That's, that's because, what I was saying. Find out if you want to be there. Yeah, there Find out a, if you want to be a part of it. There, there was a funny story. My uncle gave, gave me over Easter and he was a, he was a principal for Lindbergh or president of Lindbergh. It's a, it's a major high school here in St. Louis, but um, his school was up for the blue ribbon. Okay. And do you know what the blue ribbon is? I've heard about it. I don't know what it stands for. Yeah, so it, it's for integrity, school safety, um, uh, discipline, mm-hmm. like attendance is involved with sure. that and everything like that. A lot of positive stuff, sure. A lot of positive stuff, right? And there's a board, a, a committee board. I think they're out of Washington, D.C., and they go around to these schools and um, they try to figure out what makes this tick and then they award the, the school with the blue ribbon, right? Mm-hmm. And he took uh, a population at Limburg that was, I think they were, the attendance was 80% okay. for the full year, which is, I think, or it was like 86%. It's, that's awful. Like okay. You want 95 to 99%. Like okay. that's, that's ideal for okay. the student population to be in attendance for the full year. Mm-hmm. And then also he, his discipline, um, he was handing out um, suspensions, 10,000, there was 10,000 suspensions when he took over. Uh, or 10,000 incidents, not suspensions, 10,000 incidents at the school. So that's a lot of incidents that happen, mm-hmm. a lot of violence and stuff like that. And Lindbergh is known as prestige. Like it was, oh, that's, oh, you're going to Lindbergh. That's a big deal, right? right? But in reality, it was a house of cards. There wasn't really anything tangible behind it. Okay. So he came in, took over the job, and um, just started giving suspensions left and right. Brought the brought the incidents completely down from ten thousand to oh, I think almost um, under a thousand for the first three years, and then his attendance went up to like ninety eight percent. And how he did that was he basically took a scoreboard of all the different surrounding schools and threw it up on a PowerPoint in front of the teachers, in front of the students, and said, "Hey, this is where we're ranking." So similar, like a football pro, football mm-hmm. game. Um, Kirkwood's beating us by um, 34 points. How does that make you feel? I'm like, well, I don't, I don't really like that. And he's like, well, we are number eight and they're number one right here when it comes to academics and um, excellence. So what, why are, would you, are you upset? Like, why are you laughing about this? This is something that we have to attack. Mm-hmm. So anyways, they got on board and he came up with talking about discipline, um, structure, 
all the things that you need as a good student. Mm -hmm. And the Blue Ribbon Committee came in and Lindbergh was up for the nomination because of what he what was going on in that school. And he didn't apply for it. You have to apply for it. Someone applied for, for them, him, which is unusual. Usually the principal applies for it, mm. but he did not apply for it. And he and he doesn't really care about awards and everything. Like he thinks it's great, but like he really looks at like the hard data. Very black and white guy. So he tells the, uh, the student body that these people are coming in. They're just going to be monitoring and we're up for the blue ribbon. Um, just make sure you say hi to them and everything like that. Just the normal protocol that a, a president or principal would do. So the committee comes in, they're walking through the halls and this kid is coming through the doorway and he goes, Hey, are you the committee people for the blue ribbon? And they go, yes. He's like this whole this whole being disciplined and structure and like all this excellence shit, it's bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> the committee people are like, huh? What? what? And the kid's like, yeah, this is just, you know what? This is just trash. I think it's all crap. And so then he just walks away. The committee people stop their whole thing right there. They go back into the office and they go, uh, Dr. Uh, Helms, uh, we want to talk to you. And he goes, yeah, what's up? He goes, um, one of your students came up to us and said that um, this whole thing is crap. We're going to award you the blue ribbon because if a kid like that says that this is crap, it means that you're probably doing something right. <laughs> that they're able to know the messaging that you're giving funny. them and he's able to literally regurgitate it. He might not like it, but He's part of it that's and funny. he's now part of that bond, right? Yeah. So that's the thing is that if you keep on going in and staying in your uh, the discipline and trying to uh, get the team bonded together and finding the different things like the games that you play or whatever and um, really explaining the different philosophies that you have, you're going to start grabbing those people and the people that are like the fallen pieces that really just don't fit sometimes they're going to grab something from you. They might not just fit, but they'll, they'll come along for the ride. Don't worry about those guys falling to the wayside because they're going to find their path, but at least you, you affected them and helped them along the way. And they're, they're probably going to remember you. Like, mm -hmm. I bet you that kid is still talks about that. Sure. It's like, I told those people off and they still gave them the award. Right. <laughs> so, I mean, anyways. maybe it's something that hits you later down, down the road. Oh, a hundred percent. Hundred so. percent. Um, anything else on this topic? I'm all good. Cool, um, guys. I started a new little project called the Rundown. It is a newsletter, uh, baseball and softball only. It's interesting stories. That, um, it is stories that I find interesting, intriguing, um, that are a little obscure. I might put some uh, mainstream stuff in there, but um, I give you my thoughts on what happened, and um, it's just a little rundown of the week so that you know what's going on um, inside the baseball and softball space, so that when you're out in the stands or anything like that, you can actually talk the game and maybe bond over it. Ooh. So anyways, that is this episode of the closing pitch. You can subscribe by um, clicking the link down below for the rundown. And then you can subscribe to this channel by clicking the follow or subscribe button, depending on what um, platform that you are on. So we will catch you in the next episode. Thanks guys. Bye.